just another Manic Monday, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Man United broke another record and Arsenal look broken. It's Monday, 30th of August. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Venetia Hunter-Raja. Welcome, one and all, to the Football Ramble. It's good to see you boys in your twinkly eyes looking at me. Gentlemen, on Friday, we thought that Cristiano Ronaldo might go to Manchester City, but he was still a Juventus player. He's now a Manchester United player. How about that, Vichy? When it when I heard it come through on Friday, I thought it's typical ramble, isn't it? Like <laughs> a perfect just after you've recorded, yeah. and there's no there's no comeback the next day. Well, oh, we can cover yeah. this on Saturday. No, because there is no Saturday. No. Yes, yes, indeed. Roy Keane said that uh, after Manchester United beat Wolves one 0 away, of course, at, at Molyneux, he said, "I hope Ronaldo didn't see that, otherwise he might try and pull out of the deal." Mm. Yeah, it's typical Roy Keane. Well, assume he was watching it, and he. I mean, unless he he's got Port- his own special channel, yeah, he will have been watching that punditry. I mean, yeah, he's in Portugal, apparently. Oh, right, okay. Awaiting the qualifiers. Okay. Do you, yes. Do you so think that, do I don't you think know whether they, he was watching it or not. Do you think they didn't tell him we're playing? Well, are you... No, it's, no break <laughs> this weekend. No, well, don't watch that. No, uh-huh. no, God, no. Well, Martin Tyler said something, didn't he, Vish, on the commentary about uh, uh, Ronaldo not playing against... Uh, Essentially, George Mendes's Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, it was like <laughs> something out. Of, it was like you just realised who Kaiser Sosa was. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Hold on, what?" <laughs> yeah, very. That was very amusing because I think he laughed it off, and then it was a silence as if he was just. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Football is not what I thought it oh, was. What? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, after uh, um, a, a, a three-pronged attack from Rio Ferdinand, Patrice Everett, and even Sir Alex Ferguson, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, has rejoined. I mean, you're answering two out of three of those calls, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Fergie? Um, yeah, he returns for for thirteen million. Mm. Very quite. It's a throwback to a transfer. It is, isn't it? But uh, I guess it's because of, of his age, obviously. Um, mm. And we all know that he would desperately have wanted to win the Champions League at Juventus because mm. he's all about the legacy, isn't he? But if he yeah. goes to Man United, he'd maybe set off for Europa. Done it. Already done it. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. That's that's very very true. Um, few quid for a guy who might sit on the bench, but uh, I suppose he'll decide, won't he? Yeah. Uh, very much. I mean, it is worth reminding ourselves that he scored twenty nine goals in Serie A last season, which was more than Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. You still got it. Oh, absolutely. It. I mean, how do you feel about it, Vish? As in, what he's going to mean to the team? Because essentially, I mean, Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, Dan James, Martial, whoever else you put in there, is doing his running, right? Yeah. But they, yeah. all of those players, can do that. But I, mean, I know Martial's like been criticised for not running enough, but you know, he's certainly a pacey player when he when he applies himself. So, yeah, I mean, it does mean you have to play in a certain way, doesn't it? You've got this fixed point. Num- like striker who is unbelievable at it, but it. I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily think so because I think he would. He was, you know, the Ronaldo now is basically, you know, uh, a penalty box phenomenon. Ronaldo, really, yeah. yeah. Hernandez and Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Ronaldo together. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to take the penalties? Pen friends. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to get loads. They're going to go about four a game. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be pen pals, shouldn't it? That'd be better. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the um, yes. Yeah, so, so in terms of that, you know, obviously he'll play. He'll play through the middle and. You know, United do need that player. I'll be interested to see what how it affects Mason Greenwood. Do they need playing that player? Time. I, would I, I think so. that, it's, been, it's been it's been a bit of a problem, and it was only when um, I know we'll talk about the Wolves game in a bit. But I, I, yeah, they, they have needed a bit of a focal point at times. Yeah. Look at the way Greenwood start the season. I know he's still a bit well green, if you like. Sure, but if you look and at you've the got way Cavani that, off the bench, well, well, that's what I mean. So if you look at the way Cavani had a really profound influence on mm-hmm. United last season, I think the way I described it was like it was like having a TV in your front room so you know where all your furniture needs to face. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so, so in that regard, it will be useful. Also, he's, he's going to bang in loads of goals as well. That is the, I mean, that's not in question. And it, But it seems quite odd. Our friend Jonathan Wilson wrote an interesting piece in The Guardian basically saying he, he will score goals. That, that, that's clear. And for, for Juventus over three seasons, I think he scored 81 goals. Yeah. And... Um, and obviously they won the league a couple of times under with him in the side, blah, blah, blah. But Wilson's argument was he scored loads of goals and all that. He made them worse. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, such a, it's such a weird one mm. in football when you think, well, of course he'll score goals. I mean, do we not want more goals? Yeah. Even though the side actually don't lack goals. But there is a strong argument to say that they will be a less cohesive unit 
even though at the moment they're not particularly cohesive. Yeah. Uh, at all. I mean, they didn't win the league last year, did they? Which is crazy, really, yeah. given that they were going for 10 in a row. And obviously you've got to credit Inter with, with that, and it's not as straightforward as that. But also, in a league as competitive as the Premier League, given that there are so many teams vying for the title who have a legitimate chance at it, mm-hmm. it is those fine margins, isn't it? So if you, you know, if you accommodate Ronaldo and make something else a little bit worse, it might come back to bite you. But at the same time, I mean, on paper, it's really exciting. It makes you think, oh, could Man United actually... Yeah. Could they challenge? And it's a it's an interesting one for Solskjaer, isn't it? Because yeah. now's the time. Now is the time to deliver. Well, that, got... and the, 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 but it is an interesting one for Solskjaer, Jim, because of course it's for, for Manchester United exciting. You know, going back there, he's an absolute legend of that club, and, and rightly so. He's one of the greatest um, players of all time. Da 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 da. All this stuff we know, by the way. This is yeah. not dismissing his ability or the excitement of the fans. That's all such a given that it, perhaps there's not much needed to be said there. But but in terms of Solskjaer and and, and his approach, well, actually, you know, the, the, if if he does think actually Ronaldo is maybe not as mobile as he was, that's that, that that's clear. Do you stick him on the bench, or do you, and he's an impact, but, or do you sort of take him out the side for a bit and so on? Oh no, he's playing. Well, but that's, he, but that's he, he already said yes. Solskjaer already said after the Wolves game, which obviously, as I said, yeah. we'll go into. Um, we didn't sign Ronaldo. He, you know, Ronaldo hasn't come here to sit on the bench. Of course not. But you, you also don't want to say piss off Greenwood, who's. I mean, what does he think right now? Solskjaer said the players are excited to have him. It, it, I think this is more of a balancing act, perhaps than maybe one or two people realise for Solskjaer. I think it's also, um, you know, United need a defensive midfielder badly yeah. and this takes them a step away from from getting that. Do you think it, you'll try and get that in the next day or so? I don't really know how. Um, you know, he's on 420 grand a week or something. Um, <laughs> and even just like, I know it's a small transfer fee, but it is something that's been taken yeah. out of the pot. Yeah. So I, I don't know really. He said, I mean... Pre-Ronaldo, he said, kind of whatever from here on in is mm-hmm. a bonus. Ronaldo's obviously a little bit different because he comes becomes available and then there's that attraction to him, whatever. Um, as Paul Hayward said, um, uh, you know, they're basically getting a legend out of the history books and mm-hmm. onto the team sheet, mm-hmm. essentially, um, which has its own pool. I don't really know, to be honest. Um, but yeah, like it, I, I, it, there were more pressing areas to... But were you excited in, in pure footballing terms? Were you kind of quite buzzing as a Manchester United fan about it? Because I know some Man United fans have been, honestly, yeah. they, they're absolutely loving it. And I totally get that. I totally understand that. Um, it's a hard one. Um, like, I am for the name. I am for the accomplishments during his first night at the club. I am for that sense of, you know, I'm a sports writer by trade, aren't I? So I'm very much, these are the kind of stories that you don't really think come to fruition. You think someone leaves yeah. in the way that Ronaldo leaves and, and moves on and is, you know, his profile's raised since leaving United where he won the Champions League mm-hmm. and, you know, Premier League titles. He, he's he been that, it's him and Messi. Yeah. yeah. And he's come back and it's very, very strange that you think he was on to bigger and better things, especially the way United fell as well. Um, my excitement is obviously tempered by the stuff that's been happening off the field and, and that actually puts it in quite a trivial matter you know there are serious rape allegations against mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo from um, Catherine Mayorga. Um I think Solskjaer's comments last, yes, last night after the game were I mean well, saying, really quite unimpressive yeah. yeah I mean it, it did seem you know when he talked about him he was a great player and so on, he's going to make us better fine say all that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but he's a special boy or man now um, the, the players are excited but he, he's a great human being or don't need to, to say that, that. yeah exactly um, so there is a current legal battle ongoing like a civil fa- uh, there's been a civil case filed against him for damages and a district judge in Nevada is going to determine whether uh, Catherine has a case um, specifically around the non-disclosure agreement mm that she signed and whether she was in a fit state to sign that in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I would and, encourage... And this, is all, and this is all happening. This is all way. happening people, right people, now, yeah. This is not a kind of, oh, you know, harking back to something, not even even that yeah. would sound insensitive. There, there was a sense that this had gone away and yeah, was but, over, but, 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 but it's But what, what you're saying here, Vish, is actually, it's, it's relevant, obviously. Yeah, and, and I would encourage people, you know, the um, it is a very serious matter. I would encourage people to read as much about it as possible because the De Spiegel article from... 2018 is still up, despite Ronaldo's people saying that they were going to sue them. Um, Rebecca Myers of the Sunday Times has written a piece detailing where things are at this moment, which clears up a lot of uncertainty and also some of the rumours that are going around on social media in the, in the way that you know people have said that oh, United, uh, sorry, Ronaldo can't step foot in the US. That's not strictly true. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's worth going through that. So to be honest, I don't know. I know I'm going to be put in a position where I, for my job, I'm going to have to write about Ronaldo mm-hmm. and football Ronaldo, and yep. I've got to weigh up whether I mm-hmm. include a lot of that stuff in a match report in yep. something yep. that talks about his skill. And you know, it's not for me to say to people you shouldn't support Ronaldo. People need to read all the information that's out there. Mm-hmm. And gauge whether they feel comfortable doing that. And I suppose, you know, people deal with those kind of conflicts in their own way. People still watch Kevin Spacey films. People still watch Mel Gibson films. People still listen to R. Kelly. And loads of people don't. Mm. Um, and that is something that I'm going to have to work out, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, back to the match itself. Uh, obviously, Manchester United, they beat uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1-0. Uh, and they've now gone unbeaten in 28 Premier League away games, which is... Which is an EFL record, which is quite stunning, Jim. If you think yeah. about this soldier, this whole show Manchester United side, they never sort of cease to amaze, really, because you look at them and you think, well, this, you know, Fred's still in the heart of that mm. midfield and gets a lot of criticism. <laughs> uh, and uh, up until the Euros, Harry Maguire, there was huge question marks over yeah. him. And you think, oh, a bit disjointed, but there's another. That's a fantastic away record. I mean, literally, it's yeah. the best away record. Well, I mean, I think what I, perhaps what Solskjaer doesn't get credit for is he's he's made Man United incredibly hard to beat. And you you take it as a given that Man United are hard to beat, yeah. but it's not, is it? Mm. It is a real, real skill. To yeah, make they weren't sure that hard that. to beat under Moyes, were they? Well, well exactly. <laughs> I mean, even Louis van Gaal, right? yeah. which was his whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, credit where it's due. It's just, I mean, the, the question marks are, are whether he can take it to that next level and... You know, um, drew against Southampton when they should have won. It's those games that you know Ferguson would have got the would have got that late winner and and yeah, all the rest of it. Absolutely. I mean, for Wolves, it was sadly for them this season so far. It's familiar stuff in the three successive one nil defeats. Mm. I mean, they, the Bonnets have been Leicester Spurs and Manchester United, so it's not yeah. not not terrible. Good, good game though. It, like was, it was. Some, it was a better well, than the scoreline because, because because of Wolves, it was a good game. Yeah, I think they were like very kind of early Nuno side Wolves, weren't they? Well, they, they were, were very exciting, and they the just, crowd were at, were on yeah, top of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Molly was was bumping yesterday, and they were just like relentless. And I mean, Manchester United. There were. T- have you seen the still photo that was doing the rounds yesterday in the 60th minute, where Pogba mm. is basically just? I think he's around the halfway line. And there are five United players like bombing forward, like literally on the last line of the Wolves' defence, <laughs> and nothing in the middle. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like I mean, I, I was thinking poor, about poor it. Old Fred. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. He had to sake. do it on his own. Poor lad. He, he, so like, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like and a fucking puppy guarding a car. You can, you can, <laughs> yeah, I'm in a siege. Like. <laughs> it's hard to feel. Look, Jim, you, you and I are not Manchester United fans. When you look at Fred, it does look like he's having a lovely old time. Yeah. And as you say, the puppy dog, a, a Labrador puppy in particular, <laughs> is, is 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 quite a good, you know, uh, um, what would it be, simile or whatever. But, um, but from a Manchester United fan point of view, Vish, it must be quite frustrating that that position has not been strengthened and old Fred continues to... You know, yeah, but all they're gonna do is they're gonna add like another person on that front line, and so yeah, yeah, I'll drop back, that'll be me. (laughs) You, yeah, you all go in the penalty area. We're gonna get a striker who's got way less running (laughs) than the current guy, yeah. But like, it's funny because you know, United aren't referred to as as a like a a defensive long ball team. We're like, really, like, that's how they get a lot of their results away from home, especially when they're in a situation where they can't control the game. It just so happens to be, yeah, that. You've got Pogba or Fernandez playing those balls from deep, and the recipients generally get the ball to feet or into space. But I really, it's just like a flashy remix of, you know, Burnley or the Bolton of 100%. old, but with like with classier instruments. It's like long ball football produced by Mark Ronson. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you know... It's having a moment. Yeah, get the ball to... you know, get Featuring the ball to, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, get the ball to Mason Greenwood and let him score. He's like our Valerie at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I like it, yeah. Um, but I, 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 I totally... I mean, you look at, again, that, that sort of midfield. Wolves look like they're having a lovely time. It is astonishing that they didn't score a goal. And Adama Traore was was incredible. He is such a conundrum, isn't he? But he is, Jim, because you're absolutely right. There's there's a there's an issue, a slight issue with end product there. And there was there was a moment where in the first half he broke forward and Varane did really well to show him down that uh, um what would it have been Varane's right hand side, Triori's left hand side, and it forced him to kind of pass the ball out wide. But Triori's the type of player 
not too sort of dissimilar, some, if you will here, with Raheem Sterling when he went to Manchester City in that Raheem Sterling's end product wasn't great. Now, I know Raheem Sterling is still not the best finisher in the world, but he clearly gets goals as, as Manchester City and England have benefited enormously under Guardiola, and he's really polished that. It's different sort of types of, of players and different types of um, what, what they're trying to look to do in the, in the final third of the field. But with Traore... Like, I honestly think, and I don't want him to go to Manchester City, but if he did play on sort of Guardiola or something like that, and we'll see what Bruno Lage can can do mm. just to hone that. That's yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's once he's very good at beating a man, superb. But, but once he's done it, it's like he never seems to land in the right spot. Yeah, which is a it's a weird thing. Mm. I, I don't know how you work on that. Yeah, but. whereas but look at Trinkel though. I mean, he looks a player. Yes, you know, the, the, the Wolves. This they've lost three games, and obviously that's not great. But the the exciting players they've got the him and the best back teams have lost three games. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to them in a bit, uh, but but it but it does look exciting. I mean, and 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 how uh, was it? Sais didn't score when De Gea produced those two saves, in particular Brilliant the second saves. one. In yeah. fact, everyone's talking about how 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 has Sais not scored there? But De Gea, that was vintage, like. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a brilliant save. You know, brilliant reaction to to get up and stabilize himself to make that second save. But I think Sai should have taken him out of the equation. Oh yeah. no, of course. You I mean, yeah. almost chip it from you know. Well, from Ro- short range, Ro- Ro- Robbie but... Keane said, just roof that. Do you yeah, know what quite. I mean, but but I but think that's not that simple when you're right under the goal, is it? You've got to chip it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think in a I mean, split second. There's no doubt he should have scored, and people will. Some people will be tempted to say well he shouldn't let De Gea make it that save or whatever whatever happens from the goalkeeper's point of view that is a magnificent save yeah of course yeah. but the striker should have scored um, but but there we are and then you know there's obviously our chance at Aram Bissaka's goal on clearance um, but gentlemen we're actually sort of we haven't addressed the big point of the game which of course was uh, Paul Pogba's uh, tackle slash foul slash a leg breaker, as Graham soon as predictably <laughs> uh, referred to it as, although you can understand why he said that, uh, which which should have led, uh, you know, inadvertently to Manchester United scoring. I mean, it, surely that was a foul. Surely VAR's there to bring things like that back, Vish. I, I mean, I thought it was, yeah. But then, you know, part of the reworking has been that that kind of contact is being, I suppose, allowed to pass. But to me, like, I thought it was allowed to pass if he got some of the balls and he got none of the mm. balls. I can't. So I can't. Just got the, yeah, no, but I, I mean, I, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, 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 I, I yeah. just kind of I, because Solskjaer complained about last week about how you know the the, the, the way one. that they're overlooking things is they're, they're overlooking too much mm. now. Um, and obviously that happened <laughs> this week. Mm. Turns out these things do even themselves out. <laughs> Not every season, but over a fortnight. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it was it was very. I found it very very strange, especially given that I understand that they're trying to fast forward through VAR a bit, but mm. he kind of. It got over. It was over pretty quickly. That check. Yeah. Although actually, Ruben Neves, um, it took him a while to sort of react. And I think, so I think that bit... was. Yeah. I think he sold it so badly. Yes. Or maybe I... they rushed through it so quickly. Yeah. They didn't even see him fall over. And well, that's that fine. What's that? I mean, that shouldn't make a difference, by the no, way. No. Because, but, yeah. but you're right. The, yeah. You know, the, the, the guys at Stockley Park are human beings, and I think that may well have. Actually, he's he's he kind of reduced the chance of it being because he he really made it look like there was no contact at all because yeah. he goes he like yeah. he's fine for for yeah, a yeah, step yeah, or yeah. two a step and a half he turns to the referee and then he goes down yeah and so it looked I, I looked at his reaction I was like oh no he hadn't touched him and then I looked at the actual incident oh he definitely has yeah yeah, yeah. they they got away with one there there's no doubt about that um of course have I mentioned Rafael Varane with his with his debut yeah. will, will he be thinking bloody hell this is not even like a like a sort of a top eight kind of side we're playing against. God, they, they, look, they look far away. <laughs> Isn't that a right midfielder? Where's he going? <laughs> uh, Jaden Sancho with his first starts, which was mm. in the end fairly underwhelming, but more to come from him in a Man United shirt, especially that uh, sky blue Man United shirt. Yeah, it looks pretty flash, doesn't it? I like I, it? I'm undecided, but I'm, but I'm willing to, give it, to go with it for now um, because I don't have a choice. Uh, gentlemen, uh, let's move on to uh, what happened at Anfield, uh, Liverpool 1. A Chelsea one, of course. Lovely looping header from Kai Havertz. Always pleasing yeah. to see. Oh, brilliant. Because like, you know he means that, but yeah. it's flicked off the back of his head. Well, it's sort of speculative. Off of his crown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You know he's sort of guiding it into that area, but obviously there's there's a lot of uh, speculation uh, around that effort. But when it goes in, it's quite pleasing to see yeah. the ball sort of loop like that, unless, of course, you're a, you're a Liverpool fan. Um, but the, the big decision in this game, uh, of course, was the Reese James sending off. Yeah. And what did you make of that one, Jim? I, I just think that that rule is out of date. 
Like, I'm surprised. Well, let them handball it. No, well, no. It, basically, a penalty and a sending off is so harsh. I think. Yeah, uh, you, you punished but, twice. Uh, yes, but I, I mean, so are you saying if it's deliberate handball, they shouldn't be sent off either? So you would have given Luis Suarez a yellow card in the World <laughs> Cup 2010. <laughs> All right, that's a fair point. But I, I mean, I don't think it was deliberate. I think. Yeah, it's, I. I it's uh, the speed of it. You see, when you see it in slow motion. Do you know what this makes me feel? It makes me feel that I'm so glad that I'm not a referee. Oh, absolutely. As if I was given the choice, you know, you're not sort of, you know, at the job centre, that isn't an option. So when I say I'm, I'm glad. But Vish, the, his arm, it seemed a bit harsh, but I do see that there was a slight movement towards the ball after the board hit his thigh to almost kind of sort of scoop it away, which I don't think too many people said, actually. Yeah, I, I thought there was a little bit of that. Um, Miguel Delaney, um, who was at the game, he was at Anfield, mm. He he wrote something on, I think he went live on Sunday, about how potentially a way of getting rid of this um, double punishment thing would be a to, to award penalty goals. Now, there's a, a ruling in the NBA where goaltending is allowed, whereby you know if it hits the rim, you can't jump up and get it off the rim. You've got to wait for it to come down. Yeah. Um, and and if you do, you, the, uh, the mm. you know the um, attacking team are awarded ten points if the defender does that. There's obviously a similar ruling in rugby union where you get a penalty try where mm. for infringements on the line. Miguel's thing was, if we know it's definitely going in from that point, and if yeah. it is even on an accidental handball, yeah. you can just award a goal, can you? Mm -hmm. I I feel like a goal is sacred, though. I think someone has yeah. to score a goal for the uh, team to have the but, but point. The, uh, no, I agree with that. But then uh, then you're just going to be in a situation then where you, so if it is sacred, then you have to send them off then. If the infringement is... Uh, well, I think I may, maybe a compromise. I mean, the Luis Suarez one, of course, because I, I, that that goes into poor sportsmanship, right? <laughs> perhaps it needs to be, perhaps this rule needs to be untangled a little bit because I do think that sort of double punishment thing is is it's I, two I, punishments for one thing. But it was a sending off, and I think it's a shame because you know I, I love Reese James. I think he's a phenomenal player, and he's got well, he's already a Champions League winner. But you think he's cheating like, scum? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I. <laughs> I don't, and I think so he brings I, the game into disrepute. <laughs> None of this is what I actually think. Uh, Send him to Borstal. <laughs> That's what you were saying in there. Yeah. It was, and he should, and he should. You saying he should join the army for a bit? He needs to do. He needs to do a few rounds in the boxing room with with Romelu Lukaku and Virgil Van Dyke against him <laughs> to kind of. Which uh, we we did see a moment where Lukaku um, uh, sort of boshed. Uh, VVD onto the floor, mm. which is something you don't see that often. No, but Van Dyke got a few. He I mean, did. obviously he's taller than, than yeah. Lukaku, but um, yeah, there were a few times where he kind of dominated him in the air. That yeah. was incredible to watch, wasn't it? It was. It was, and uh, just two classy operators yeah. trying yes. to out two muscle and out think each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should say we're not doing the old tropes of they were just two big lumps sort of going at it. It wasn't like that at all. You're right. There is so much more to their games and so on. So it's such a tactical battle, but also the physicality, just in a pure kind of you know basic human level, it's a spectacle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's there was um, something a bit. Um, NBA about it in the sense that a lot of times in NBA you'll get oh well, like it obviously happens in football you know if you move along you get passed along to a different defender don't you mm. or if you're an attacker who's not getting much joy you might think right maybe you start having a go at him I'll have a go at somewhere else I might pull wide mm. but you tell both of them we're like no no I'm I've got him yeah it's me against him yeah. for, for ninety minutes and <laughs> we're gonna do this there was a bit like a bit of ego there I love that mm. yeah. yeah I mean and look we have to say it was very impressive from from Chelsea uh, yeah you know going down to ten men at Anfield against Liverpool who like to remind people they're very much in for the title this season uh, and really you know it was a couple of moments and so on but very impressive and Chelsea had the moments as well yeah. late on in the game you know they had a, a chance I think it was a bit of a masterclass from Chelsea in how to um, you know I guess limit the damage in a situation like mm. that it's, it's, they immediately went into a mode of knowing that getting away from that with a point is, yeah. is, a, is a blow to Liverpool as much as a boon for them mm, and yes. that, yeah. that, those you know those two points in either direction mm. will probably make a difference come the end of the season and they are I think it's funny, one of the consistent things about Chelsea since since Abramovich has come in, um, it, when they're absolutely at their best and in their title-winning seasons, even under Conte, who you could argue is maybe he and Ancelotti played the most exciting football mm -hmm. they've played. They've always been machine-like as yeah, well. well. And yeah. Mourinho would go all the way back course, to him. There yeah. is that machine-like quality at and Chelsea. And they just clicked into that gear. Yeah. And I think... I think the Chelsea fans get that. Yeah. And they really need, isn't and they, it? And they, and they warm to that. And I think actually that can help because... You play in a certain way. They, 
yeah, I think they they get behind the team. That's so true. Yeah, there's a I know like you know, a ship club no history is something that's sung at them a lot. But like enough time has passed. Which is now. not quite true. No, least, obviously but, not. Mm. But enough time yeah, has got pa- history. Yeah, enough enough time has passed now <laughs> that there is that familiarity where it's like, oh, we used to play like this. Yeah, you know. Under mm. Mourinho and under, and so like they mm. they comes you know, the culture yeah and, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily like hurt them to see it if they have to defend with their backs against the wall yeah. and it was said a lot over the weekend and I agree with the sentiment but mm. we probably learnt more about um, Chelsea's title credentials mm-hmm. in the second half than we did in the first yeah where you yeah, saw yeah, yeah. how you know they can just adapt so quickly to any situation yeah no, a very a very good point sir um, I did enjoy seeing young Harvey Alec for Liverpool again. <sighs> What a season he could have. What a season he could have. All right, everybody, uh, let's have a quick break. Difficult, difficult year it has been from this man, Casper Dober. COVID twice, appendicitis, a teammate stole his watch that was worth $85,000, and yet... His first start in this tournament, he delivers a wonderful goal. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. <laughs> right, let's see how we got in in Betways 4 to score. Entry to, entry to Betways 4 to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betways 4 selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Game one, Liverpool versus Chelsea. I picked Mo Salah. It was Kai Havertz. Mo did score, but it wasn't the first one, so it doesn't count. In game two, Burnley versus Leeds. Pete picked Dwight McNeil. Of course, it was Chris Wood. Game three, Spurs versus Watford. Vish, you picked Deli Alley. It was called Son Hyung Min. In game four, Wolves versus Manchester United. Luke picked Paul the Pog Pogba. It was Mason Greenwood. Zero out of four once again. Oh, my goodness. We'll be back for another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. Right. It's time for emails. An email from Connor Marshall. When working in a Newcastle KFC in my teens, I once served Kevin and Babu. Mm. His mate did all the talking and he ordered 40 quid's worth of chicken. Been there. Other, cu- <laughs> Other customers included Peter Beardsley, who only came in because the drive through speaker was broken. Because <laughs> Kevin Keevan drove into it. He didn't. That's not part of the email. <laughs> Loves his meat, that man. Isn't he? A lad, a lad I worked with called him some boy, to which he awkwardly smiled. That's weird. Another frequent visitor was Olivia Bernard, quite the hotspot for football, uh, football talent. I also played paintball against Tim Krul once. He was surprisingly hard to hit for a tall man. <laughs> reactions, yeah, yeah, great reactions. Imagine that if you actually shot and he managed to kind of react while the while the pellet is in midair. Well, like, <laughs> do you mean like saved it or like moved out the way of it? I'm thinking it, like Matrix it's probably style. Quite difficult for him, isn't it? Because he's used to like getting in the way of stuff. Oh, I see so what you mean. I don't think he was originally going to play. I think Sillison was originally on the other side, and then they brought him on for the end. <laughs> uh, we had to leave early as we had no more ammo. Yeah. I was gutted when he was shifted to my team to even up the numbers. There we are. You see, I mean, it's incredible. We've had more people getting in touch about stuff they've sold to footballers and now we can chicken is one yeah. yes. I reckon that's quite a common one though we yeah, all, yeah. because it, you, you've got to eat haven't you absolutely great source of protein yeah, especially at 4am yeah. <laughs> Adam Hudson has also been in touch he says I used to work at Asda before I joined the military once in a store in the no man's land between Sunderland and Newcastle <laughs> in walked the massive Kenwyn Jones myself and a few other Sunderland fans stood and spoke to him near the milk when a rotund horse punching Geordie walked past in a Newcastle shirt Kenwyn out of nowhere started booing him. <laughs> Amazing! The barcode fan was fuming at us all laughing <laughs> and went to the customer service desk to complain that Kenwin Jones and a group of employees were booing and laughing at him. Imagine Brendan from the Asda customer service desk turning up at the stadium of light to tell Roy Keane to discipline his player for booing someone in an aisle. Anyway, cheers for providing me with content to listen to while 8,000 miles away in Falklands last year Ooh. and during the lockdown, keep it up. My goodness, eh? They don't come much further away than that. No. There we are. Show at footballramble.com for all your emails that you want to send us, especially if you have sold a footballer or someone from the world of football, as we like to say, something legal. Right. (laughs) uh, Let's move on. Jim, I'm sorry, but really, 
When Manchester City beat Arsenal, we shouldn't have to talk about it on this show because it should be a routine, two or three nil. Yeah, Man City were obviously better and so on. But when it's five nil and Granite Xhaka gets sent off and it's yeah. the first time since 1954 that Arsenal have lost their three opening league games of the season and they manage one shot and 19% possession, we have to come back and talk about them. It's yes. Monday, it's the start yes, of his do. week. Yeah. I'm yes, annoyed as you, Jim. I know. I know. I Actually, no, I promise you you're not, Marcus. <laughs> I promise you you are not. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it's... It, it reminds come... me of the 8-2. Yeah. And I keep thinking, well, at least it wasn't 8. Yeah, And I... it was the anniversary of I the 8-2. Right. Yeah, this is ridiculous, And it isn't comes it? at a time when Spurs are top of the league, having yes. won 3 out of 3. I know. What purgatory is this? Yes. Um, um, I mean, it, the thing is, with, with, with us, they started with a five-man defence, and I thought, well... Did they, though? Yeah, I thought, but at least there's an ounce of self-awareness there. Um, and then, of course... It didn't really make much difference. I mean, no, I mean, the personnel in that defence were, were not right. I mean, Kieran Tierney obviously is, is an excellent player. I got no criticism of him, but Cedric is a, is a Kia Jurabchian like carriage clock effectively. <laughs> Rob Holding's a player that you put in a that you put in a back three certainly, but I don't think he should be the best defender in there. I know you know Ben White wasn't available, Gabriel wasn't available, so that is. You're on a hide into nothing there, but and I know Pablo Mari had a difficult game against against Lukaku, but he won't be alone in that. Kalasanac starting as a central defender in that mm. three. Well, you, I, I, I think Mikel Arteta must be making a point because he had two goalkeepers on the bench. He's he's probably saying, look, we need we need to strengthen. I know we've spent a lot of money already, but it's going to take so much money to sort of fix yeah. this squad. I think Arteta, there's an argument that he is currently our best fit midfielder. <laughs> that would be quite something if he Wouldn't went it? right sod this might come to that I will show you but yeah I mean like I was talking to a friend of mine I was watching the game with and obviously you know the idea of Arsenal competing for the title this year is ridiculous but if you look at the team they're playing on the pitch mm. how much money would Arsenal have to spend between now and tomorrow night to, to, to compete with City mm. you took like what four five hundred million I mean, maybe more than that but but even if they did, Jim, the, the, the mentality there, the whole vibe at the club it, has been like this for years. Yeah. And I mean, this is the problem. Arteta has said himself, it's been like this since I was a player. Yes. And it's going to it. take a long, long time it's to change It's astonishing it that, isn't it? Well, it, it yeah. is astonishing. And it makes me think, that one, there could be an argument saying he's the right man for the job because he knows it. Or another thing is, no, he's the wrong man for the job because he knows nothing else To be at fair, the club. I think the, the right man for the job... Is Antonio it, it is, no? Is someone who's going to be able to be a bit of a punch bag? Unfortunately, no, there is. There is there, I don't think there's a. I've been saying for years, even since before Wenger left, that when Wenger goes, it will be like when Ferguson left, and it will get worse before it gets better. We will probably become a mid-table team. So now that's that was. This was always going to happen. It doesn't and, have to happen. No, no, Marcus, I think you're wrong on that. I think it. I think this was always going to be the case in terms of getting Arsenal back to where they need, given the mess they've become with owners that d don't really... Mm -hmm. you know, I know they've, they've put their... Well, I say they've put their hands in their pockets. Arsenal spend their own money. The Crunkers don't put their own money in it. They've spent a lot of money. There's they no have. doubt about that. Mm. But I think the... The, the the thinking isn't joined up enough. You know, it's not been, it's not been spent well enough in, in recent years. And I just feel like... Part of the problem is, for that to be okay, for mm. Arsenal to descend into being a mid-table club for a bit, you need to have some sort of siege mentality so us as fans can go, all right, this season's not quite a free hit, mm. but it's one where, well, there's a siege mentality. It's all right, everything is a bonus. You know, like it's, these young players getting experience in developing, these new partnerships developing, that has to be something we can all get behind and go, okay, this is a new Arsenal, this is good. But for that to work... The performances cannot be like that because we've got nothing to go mm. to get behind. We've got nothing to cheer. Mm. Meza Erzl tweeted, "Fuck Tru him! <laughs> I don't. Did, did I don't even read it out? I don't care what he said. Trust the process, accompanied with a broken heart and sad face emojis." Yeah. I mean that that's just that, that's just a stupid thing to do. Isn't it? Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Pep Guardiola said of Mikel Arteta, "Arteta knows how I love him." Mm. Do you know what I thought when Xhaka got sent off? Immediately I was like, how fucking predictable. 3-0 down, mm. 10 men, a mess. Were whatever. they 2-3-0 or down at the time? 2-0 down. 2-0 two, two down, but, but so 42 minutes. Either was, or. Yeah. It didn't make much difference. Well, no, the, this is it. No, yeah, this sure. is why it's, you know. And there was probably a bit of sympathy there for, well, we can't bat them now that they're down to 10 men yeah. and, you know, whatever. But it... A damning indictment of, of what Arsenal have become, as as Jim explained, mm. that I've got I got to the point where watching that a replay of the Jacques Fowl where I thought, I know exactly what he's thinking there. I know he's he's incredibly annoyed. 
He's incredibly, he's incredibly proud. He, in that moment, thought they're making mugs of us, mm. and I'm gonna go through this man, mm. and you know, basically, kind of missed the tackle in a way. The missed, you know, he missed yeah, the yeah. foul he was going for, and still, yeah, yeah. still got sent he, off. He got, he, he was, he was trying to foul him, but he was too committed <laughs> to his own foul. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I realised that, like. Jacker's just one of the few people who thinks like that at the yeah. club. Jacker cares. Yeah, this is the thing. He gets so much stick, mm. but he, you know, he's he. He's, that needs to be channeled. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, mm. that's what I was going to say. It, it does need to be channeled, but it speaks to the fact that Arsenal have a lot of exciting young players. Yeah. Arsenal are going to sell some quite exciting young players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird to be in a situation where the players coming through, they're not coming through with you know this tainted DNA. They're coming through as exceptionally good players yeah. who are thriving either at Arsenal or elsewhere the problem with the, the senior players yeah oh absolutely and that's why like lowering the age profile of this team in a weird way will c- could even make them more mature because you've got the players yeah. there that just don't mm. don't care and don't pull the weight I mean so Callum Chambers on, on the third goal was I've watched it a few times and he, he was so far away from Jack Grealish in terms of you know he's technically marking him he's taking care of him he's supposedly shepherding, shepherding him but he's, he's actually not anywhere near enough to him. Maybe because he's scared of Grealish and we all know how good he is in, in tight spaces. But the effect was the same as empty space. Yeah. Like yeah. Cham- Chambers offered absolutely nothing there. And he's been a player who's like had fits and starts in the team where he, he had a couple of successful games as a right back last season. And I feel like he's one of those players where he looked like he was maybe kicking on a bit and he's been around for a long, long time. But when, you, when you're a manager coming into a club with, with, with struggles... You need to improve the players you've got. And Arteta's been there for long enough for us to, to, to be able to make a judgment on whether he impl- improves players or not. And I wouldn't count Saka and Smith-Rowe in that because they are, they're coming through and, and, and you know their development is, is slightly different because they're young players. And Rob Holding has certainly improved a bit, but it's, it's really hard to argue that Arteta's improved many players. Well, and, and you, would, you would worry for his... Job now, yeah. would, you would, would sooner you? Or, sooner or later, yeah, yeah. DJ. Yeah. Um, Surely now's the time for Draxler, though, right? Yeah, I would say so. Mm. I think that's yeah, they're about time they get him in at the club. Uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace drew two two. Um, and to be honest with you, what, what's happening at Crystal Palace? You know, first goals under uh, Patrick Vieira, of course, uh, for, for for Crystal Palace. <sighs> what, what's happening? At Crystal... <laughs> <laughs> what's happening there, at, at Palace? You know. Might not, you know, Arsenal might. You talk about the senior players being a, the problem, perhaps, and the young players coming through. Well, well, Vieira sort of palaces a sort of a youthful revolution going on. Now, the first things first to say in that game, very entertaining game, of course. Nice to see Antonio smashing one in, always mm. pleasing and so on. Uh, but Conor Gallagher uh, was was uh, the man who got both Palace goals, of course, and uh, season long loan from Chelsea. He was at West Brom last season. He impressed despite their season last last year. Um, one of 15 players out on loan um, from Chelsea. One of is Kennedy still. He's at Flamengo. Um, he's, he's, he's still there. Still a Chelsea yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how it is. You know how it is. I mean, he went on loan to Newcastle and I thought, well, um, come on, mate. Take the hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But bringing it all the way back around Gallagher, he was man of the match against uh, Brentford. Um, two goals against uh, West Ham, of course. Now, what Vieira's doing at Palace, he wants to bring in young players and lower the average age of the squad. The 26-year-old and friend of Luke Moore, Will Hughes, has been one of their oldest signings under Big Pat. Um, they've spent over fifty million. So they've spent, you know, for, for Palace that's mm. a, a reasonable sum. But the club parted ways with nine senior players this yeah. summer. Cahill Towns and McCarthy, Hennessy, Wickham, okay he's only twenty eight, but still uh, Henderson, Van Arnholt, Sacco and Dan are all in there. Yeah. There was I a mean, few other players that that, that, that is the, almost the spine of what you associate with with Hodgson's Palace. Isn't, isn't that it? incredible? incredible turnout, isn't yeah. that incredible? And it's a very bold thing to do. And of course we've yet to wait and see whether it will work because they did just score their first goals but the with your know, young Gallagher on his side you know he, he looks like yeah. he's full of beans and he sounds like a Clapham estate agent he which does I he, looks like, he looks like a Clapham estate yeah. agent as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, in South London but but Palace they're reportedly looking at making offers for Arsenal's Eddie Nketiah and Celtic's Odson Edouard which you know I, either of them would be good signers especially Edouard I would say mm. he wants another striker that's quite clear and we should say the transfer window slams shut tomorrow but you, as I say, there's a slight comparison there with what with what Arsenal are doing, Jim. You know, with what Vieira's doing, and he, you know, it's, it's not a bad sort of uh, uh, yeah. idea. I think it's a bit. It was a bit more pressing at Palace, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm being players... slightly. Uh, what, what's the word? I'm sort of overegging that a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting because it, I think his hand has been forced 
in like a lot of these players are going to leave some of them because it's probably the right time for them to go mm-hmm. in most cases as well. So he's made a very, very deliberate um, choice to to make that squad young. But it's smart as well, isn't it? Because he can mould them in his own image a lot more. And that's mm-hmm. what, that, you know, that's what any manager coming in wants to be able to do. And if you've, mm-hmm. if you've got that opportunity, yeah. you're going to have a busy summer. But well, straight away, it's like a lot of teams, it's like, well, you know, you've got to give him a, probably three windows before it's really his team mm-hmm. you could sort of argue that Vieira's got that now yeah you could and and we've seen him do this before in in, in previous roles uh, but with Palace they've they've they seem to be trying to learn from that you know those those players were they've left the club for nothing they've profited nothing from from those clubs leaving from those players leaving leaving the club obviously they're off the wage bill da 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 but they're realizing this that that where they sit in the in 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 the football sort of, uh, you know... The hierarchy. In the yeah. hierarchy, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, sign young and and then if they perform, then you can always sell them on for, for a greater fee. And it, this, to me, I understand that Palace fans may be slightly concerned uh, about the start. I don't think they'll be too concerned. But I, I think that there's a potential here. I mean, these words might come back to <laughs> bite me on the arse. No, They're relegated by January or something. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but do you know what I mean, though? Perhaps. Ahead of Arsenal, come on. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Um, the so so they actually tried to do this last season, mm-hmm. um, where they they knew that all these players were going to be out of contract. It you know then the summer just gone, and they thought well they'll start planning. They brought in a couple of younger players mm-hmm. that haven't quite worked out through injury, like Ferguson yeah. being one of them, uh, the fullback. They tried to get Conor Gallagher last year, and yeah. it was very much with a view to signing him and then yeah. getting him to come back on a more permanent deal. Now that's obviously that's a year mm-hmm. delayed. Mm-hmm. I think there was an issue with them negotiating what the what that release would be from Chelsea. I'm not entirely sure, but it was certainly you know he, it certainly looked like he was odds on to go to Palace before he ended up at the Hawthorns. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because there was a lot made of they had they had one of the oldest squads, if not the oldest squad in the Premier League last yeah. year, and manager. Yeah, and manager as well. Yeah. And but she, the, the, t- the was team like often the, the lead. Yeah. yeah, was he the pipe piper? Now that he's gone, yeah. yeah, he's setting up Hodgson FC. Well. <laughs> uh, but yeah. like, he should manage a vets team, shouldn't he? Yeah, surely. And they really should have had an owl rather than an eagle temporarily. Mm. Yeah, at Palace. Yeah, just rip up the club's it. history. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> Why do we need to do that? We've got so much. Why aren't people going to be livid? Yeah, but he looks like an owl, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're hopeful for Vieira at Palace. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I still have, you know, some doubts over Vieira as a manager. Yeah. But I think the, because, you know, because this was set in motion last year, they've obviously, he's coming into a, he's coming into a situation where he has some defined parameters. Yeah. You know, we just talking about Arteta. I think that the problem with coming into that Arsenal job, whatever, is just mm-hmm. the remit was so wide and like, mm-hmm. right, we've got a problem over there. We've got a problem yeah. over here. Whereas, Stop this, <laughs> basically, is the whole thing. <laughs> Whereas with Palace, obviously, you know they they have a they had a system and a and a structure in place to I suppose refreshing their squad, and he he's been given that, and with that will come time, and you know who knows we might see what he's actually about as a manager. Yeah, we might well do, we might well do, gentlemen, and the the fact that uh, they got a point at West Ham, and I thought, God, that is a yeah, that's exactly. a good that's a yeah. good point against West Ham shows yeah, you where fun watch this season they are, but that shows you where West Ham are. Oh, absolutely. Because I think to myself, oh, yeah, you know, not, not, not too shabby at all. Moy said after the game they could do with some more attacking options. And so this, again, the, the window slams yeah. shut. It always slams shut. It does it's slam never shut. carefully. It doesn't have those little things like an Ikea wardrobe where it, as you slam it, it then sort of slows. You need that slam. You need that sound. I really hope that they figure something out for Jesse Lingard. That's not happening. It doesn't seem to be. Doesn't seem it? to be it's a shame for everyone concerned. It is a huge shame for football. Yes. It's as simple as that. There's talk of uh, CSK Moscow's Nikola Vlasic, the uh, attacking midfielder Croatian international, yeah. going there, which seems to be... Cheaper, be... younger option, essentially. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But Come they need a bit on. of depth with the Europa League coming out, so they, they, they probably do need in to bring some In the name of in. football, get Lingard to that London stadium, that Lingard stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, gentlemen, before we go around the continent for uh, for a few uh, uh, football-y tapas bits, if you like, um, I just want to mention, even for a brief moment, the end to the game, Newcastle at home against Southampton that ended yes. 2-2. Uh, absolutely inc- incredible. Alan Sam-Maximum smashing in that 91st-minute goal. You think to yourself, there it is! Yeah. A win for Steve Bruce. The way he finishes it off, celebration is such a great an exciting player Gallagher goes mad as well yeah, it, was, scenes, it yeah. was incredible scenes and then of course um, uh, Jamal Lascelles makes a foul and it was a foul 
And James Ward-Prowse uh, doesn't need to be asked twice because he tucks that ball home yeah. with aplomb. Very and uh, it ends in a draw and large sections were giving uh, Bruce a load of stick for another shoddy performance, Jim. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep happening, isn't yeah. it? Southampton building, though, another point. Bearing in mind, I understand a point against Manchester United is distinctly more impressive than a point against Newcastle. Circumstances, though, exactly. are important. Exactly. But this is the thing, isn't it? I suppose the spectre of being smashed 9-0 twice must hang over Southampton constantly. <laughs> because They won 8-0 the other I day. I know they did, but like, surely that ingrained some resilience in you. Like, yeah. you. like Picking yourself up from a defeat like that, you have to go, right, our, we have to be at the top of our standards all the time because this isn't acceptable. And I think that, that change in mindset it probably helps in a situation like that. I know it's, you know, it's yeah. a bit fortunate because it's a penalty, but still. I love it how Newcastle, uh, Southampton fans will be thinking, why are you mentioning the 9-0? We're playing Newcastle. Come on, <laughs> yeah, give us a break. Be. Give us a break. Uh, gentlemen, north of the border, Rangers beat Celtic 1-0 in predictable fashion. They're unbeaten against Celtic and I think it's seven now. Um, they, they, they've, uh, they, they've really got a stronghold in, uh, in the old firm derbies at the moment. Celtic had their chances. Yeah, you mentioned Edouard before. I mean, yeah. he was an absolute sitter in the first half, didn't he? Kyogo as well. We should have scared to Ryan Christie, that r- one. Yeah. Wrong decisions, you could argue, yeah. uh, in crucial moments of the game. Rangers had a, a couple of players out injured. Gerard wasn't there due to COVID. Um, so assistant manager Gary McAllister uh, was uh, in, in the dugout. Well, he's always in the dugout, but he was the main man in the dugout. And he said after the match and the team's win, it was fantastic. Pleasing. <laughs> you can't really sum it up better than that if you're a Rangers man, of course. Celtic, though, having a, having a funny old time. They've lost two games uh, already and um, they haven't won away in the league since Valentine's Day. That's really strange. And that is that is an extraordinary stat if anyone is even on just glancing terms with Scottish football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is so weird. Uh, what, what do they do on Valentine's Day? Uh, well, it was a gla- ring one. A Glasgow kiss, maybe, that went, you know... <laughs> According to a Glasgow kid. Well, everywhere, yeah. all the players together at once. <laughs> Maybe. But of course, gentlemen, all this talk about the old firm derby doesn't tell the full story of what's going on in Scotland at the moment. Could this be the first no. time since 1985 <laughs> that the title has wrestled away from the city of Glasgow, Jim? Because top of the shop at the moment is the two clubs from Edinburgh. Mm. No, Marcus, it, it won't be the first time since 1984 or whatever it was. First time since 1960, the title goes to Edinburgh. Really? Isn't that extraordinary? That is no. bad, yeah. <laughs> no, a, it's not. You're such a dick. Hibs and Hearts, top of the pile with 10 points apiece. So, yeah, so it's interesting that you put them up there together. Surely one of them's on top. Yeah, Hibs are. Yeah, you Right, so, so, right, could, yeah, so go, could, yeah. it go to, could it go, could it go to Leeds? No, no, no. We're joint top. No, we want a credible title. Contender from yeah. Edinburgh, and in in you know in history, when when was the last time the Hibs even finished second in the league? Can't even remember. I don't know, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I've got that right. Uh, <laughs> was Valentine's Day? Was that a, was that a cup final? Was it <laughs> around that time? Isn't it? it was the final weekend of uh, <laughs> league yeah. fixtures. Um, they haven't played since. Uh, elsewhere, um, oh, let's go back down south. Uh, not too south though. Wigan. Did you see this? It gave um, uh, they gave a touching halftime tribute to Keith. <laughs> at halftime in their win over Portsmouth. We need to stress straight away that, that Keith is Keith the Duck. He is yes. a feathered bird. Was. A duck. Was, was, was. <laughs> yes, get that right. Some messages went round on a Wigan message board about the death of an unspecified fan called Keith. Many thought it was well-known fan Keith Valentine, who has been battling lung cancer, but he's come out on top of that to clear up confusion. So again, there's, there's no nothing morbid really here other than a dead duck. Um, and... Uh, wasn't there like a minute's applause or something or something before the game? Yeah. There was a, they put his photo on the big screen him, though, in black and white. But they did put a picture of the duck up. So, yeah, but, but it's not like I don't think they were tricking anyone into. <laughs> no, 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 no. That Keith the duck was Keith the man. Yeah, they found was, out. They were all just like, oh, that's, this is. Let's get on board. Let's celebrate Keith the duck. He probably had a great life. Yeah, sounds like a good egg. I did- <laughs> Laid a good egg, I hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. He, he, I, to be fair, just, I'm sure you wouldn't have minded if he, you know, if they. Just like ignored it and went on with their lives and just left him, left him by. He water off Keith's back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I have written some duck puns down. So I'm just going to do yeah, those. Yeah, now. I'm not going to work, work for a segue. Well, it was. It became before the match. You could say it was top of the bill. Come <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on. What you got? What you got? So I couldn't think of any good players. Uh-huh. So I've got three. Yeah. Mm. Quack post Soje. Nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Former Crystal Palace uh, midfielder Quacky Rihilati. 
Yeah, like it. And then Billy Bremner. I see. It took me a while. No, but you haven't changed it. Bill. Bill. Yeah, I know it's already there. Can't have that. William Saliva. As in billions. Yeah, right. there you go. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, right. and that's it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's why we don't do the name. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They're going to email in anyway. So email yeah, in. You started it, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, the inbox is on fire this week. Yeah. Blimey. I think the less said about that, the better for now, Jim. <laughs> but I'm sure it will emerge at some point. Before we go, though, we have to uh, mention a couple of things. Tammy Abraham opened his account for Roma on the weekend in a 4-0 win. Giroud scored for yeah. Milan as well. Life after Chelsea, my friends. Yeah, William tearing it up as well, what, financially. In, in, in Brazil? <laughs> Don't know yet. There's talk that he might um, not demand the 20 million that's left on his on his contract. Oh, so that that'd right? be great if that happens. Uh-huh. But yeah. But you're pretty pleased for Tammy. Tammy Abraham fans yeah, have been waiting for this. Without a doubt, yeah. No, I'm a big fan of him. I think it'd be good for him to I actually be valued in a team. He has started well at Roma. We could really see something. He's got talent, Vish. We know this. We've seen him score goals. I think this could be just the ticket. Yeah, and I think he's asked, been asked to do a little bit more than what he was at Chelsea mm. because obviously the, you know, his, the system that Mourinho's playing at Roma is a bit more yeah. open and he's kind of getting in spaces into areas that he wouldn't necessarily have to do, have to well, get into it for Chelsea. So yeah, it's exciting, yeah. Did yeah. we see Mourinho and his pizza and full-fat Coke oh, was that, on the train? Was yeah. that happening? Yeah, yeah. He posted on Instagram that, uh-huh. you know, Love pizza after a win, something like that. Got someone to film him eating pizza. I went in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, the big news from the continent was that uh, one Lionel Messi debuted for PSG in a 2 0 Debuted? Win. Yeah, debuted. <laughs> it was debuted, but he made his debut. It's official. Yeah. Uh, for PSG in a 2 0 win over Rem. Um, didn't do that much. It looked weird, didn't it? It did. I, 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 was still, I think. None of us are used to him in Jim, you've got to move on. Stop living in I'm the past. Trying. It looked a bit, yeah, it looked like, um, is this a game for the UN? You know, they have those weird ones. <laughs> I was like, is that what this is? Yeah. And then when he was posing with the Ruins goalkeeper's son at the end of the game, yeah. I was like, what the, the, is this? This is, this is very, this is in danger of becoming a bit Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, no, it really feels like that. Because even it? the Ruin fans were chanting his name when he yeah. came on. I mean, they, they like, you know, they, They'd sold something like eight thousand tickets before. Yeah. Yeah, was, you do know he's trying to score against your team. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's still, it's still a game of football. Cesc Fabregas in um, in preseason did yeah. an interview with the Independent, and he said already the Monaco players are asking him if he can help them get Messi shirt. There you go. Yeah. Wow, Monaco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that is incredible. Monaco. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the fact that Kylian Mbappe scored both goals though. Yeah. He's just like, just remember. So it's, yeah, so Messi came on for Neymar. So the three of them have not been on the pitch. So if, if Mbappe's move to Madrid does happen this summer, mm. that, that, that might might never have, might never see those three on the same pitch together. There was a chance and it didn't happen. We might never, Jim. We might never. There we are. We've got to the end of another Manic Monday. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Right, big news though. Patreon live stream tomorrow. It's transfer deadline day tomorrow, of course, where the window is closed shut. And we're going to be doing a Patreon live stream to mark the occasion join myself Luke and that guy over there Jim Campbell tomorrow at 5pm Greenwich Mean Time for questions about transfers past and present our verdict on the best signings and a special Luke's game head to patreon.com forward slash football ramble to get involved on tomorrow's show Kate, Luke and Pete so lots to get involved there everybody but thank you for getting involved today it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us thank you very much Jim Campbell you're welcome thank you for choosing Hunter you are welcome thank you everybody see you soon Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.